Hi, this is Gabby with the City of View, and I'm here with Carlos Sr. and Carlos Jr. of Casa Ramirez. Uh, these guys have a Mexican restaurant on Mahoning Avenue. So you guys, can you tell me a little bit about the history of this restaurant and I guess how it started and how it came to be? Okay, uh, in the 80s, uh, more or less that's when the recession was in this area. say kind of a bad because uh, the jobs were very hard to find and for myself being that I was just laid off from uh, the railroad I was jumping from one job to another eventually I met a friend that uh, we used to play soccer together in the 70s and he just had opened up a, a pizza place downtown there's a building there across from where Farmer used to be located. It used to be called Plaza Cafe. So there, he had his place, you know, business, and uh, he knew that I was involved in the Mexican uh, uh, food or club. Uh, I used to belong at the Mexican club. And he asked me if I was interested in uh, venturing into that place and opening maybe a small place where we would be able to sell whatever food we wanted, Some, something simple for lunch or whatever, you know, it would be mainly salads, tacos, burritos, or enchiladas. And uh, kind of uh, talk it over to my wife, just to see if he would be, she would be interested in, in us doing that. And yeah, uh, before I know it, uh, she wanted also to do something uh, besides when the kids were already growing and they all went to school, she more or less didn't have too much to do at, <laughs> at home. So I guess it was okay for her to also to, to maybe uh, do something a little different. And yeah, that, that more or less, I would say, that's the beginning of our business because then, in, uh, being that I wanted to get into, at that time, uh, the farmer place was very popular. And they had like a food court there. And, but it was very hard to, uh, to get in part of the group. So I called and they told me that it was like a wedding uh, list for me to someday, you know, some, 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 sometime during the year they would call me and let me know if I was able to rent a place from them. So by then my friend had already told me about this other place and sure enough I went to see this guy and uh, they offered us a small little place, you know, where we could sell Mexican food. Uh, I think at that time it was like $350 a month that we were paying for that. And uh, we decided to give it a try and we started uh, offering to that, to the business downtown. The, the, all the offices, people that tend to gather there, and, you know, right downtown to eat lunch and all that. So I think we're like in the summer months that we opened up the place. Luckily, because we were already kind of involved in the club, many people that used to live around Youngstown, they used to work downtown. So they were more or less familiar with us. Okay? So kind of, uh, they did give us a chance to to try something different right, right there and then. And uh, we stayed there for almost three years I think it was, because we opened up the place in 1989. And 
in uh, like two years and a half, that's when the, the people that was more or less running the, the, the whole uh, building got in trouble uh, managing it. I guess that he wasn't paying enough to the landlord. So the landlord more or less had no option but to lock the place up and kick us out. So, so we came out of that place and uh, back then uh, most customers were already used to uh, our service and uh, they were feeling bad that we would have to close the place. And my wife was telling me that, that what would she tell to the customers? wanted to know where would be a good location where they can continue looking for us in the future. And I just told her, I said, just tell them that as soon as we know, we'll let them know. And so I think it was in 1992 that that's when we came out of the project And I told my wife, I said, don't feel bad. One of these days, we're going to find a location. And if you really want to do that, continue doing it, I'm sure that we will find it. Uh, we, we are from the west side because when we came from New Mexico, my family located on the west side of town, of Youngstown, and we were very much familiar with this uh, side of town. Being that we live on a glacier near drive right here by the park, there was this location where we are right now, uh, that used to be a bar. Uh, it used to be the Crosby Lounge back in the 80s. And they had just closed the place down for maybe two years it was closed. So I've seen this place often enough because that's the way I used to come in to go to work. They had a for, for sale sign all the time and lease and all that. And I, I asked my wife if I was going to stop just to see if it was good enough to, for us to open up that restaurant. And uh, I came in and uh, make an appointment with the landlord. This wall that you see right now is not the way it used to be. This was a solid wall, a solid wall. Because this is where uh, the Rush Auto Park used to be located, right here where we are. So right there was a rusty lounge, and uh, it was in bad shape. Everything was in bad shape in this building. And, uh, I don't know why I, I said, to me it was good enough. And I told my wife, I said, I think that's the place. I said, uh, it needs to be work to be put on, but I'm sure that eventually we'll, we'll get it going. Finally, when I'm getting ready to make the deal with the guy to, you know, to break the place and give the that, I said, I'm going to bring my wife down so you can see it too. And uh, she came in and looked at it. And she was afraid of the place. <laughs> so, more or less, that's, that's when we decided to put Casa Ramirez on this location in 1992, towards the end. So, you've been here for around 20 years? More than 20 years. Wow. 25. 25. So, in, in the 25 years that you've been here, you said when you first got this place, it wasn't in the best shape when you were renting it out. Did you guys have to do a lot of work lot of to, <laughs> so you did the remodeling yourself? Uh, yeah, mainly. And like our friends, uh, they knew the, you know, the, uh, the work and electric, uh, electricians and uh, plumbers, 
that's kind of a give me a break in, in the price, you know, all that for that appraisal. It was in that bad of shape. <laughs> you got everything out. That, would be, that wasn't a kitchen. So you guys gutted it completely. It was completely. just set up to be a bar. That's how it was. A small little kitchen with uh, one sink. Mm-hmm. And uh, enough to put a stove there to a bar to do hamburgers or hot dogs. Or whatever they had the customers. Did you have any challenges that you faced when you started opening maybe the original Casa Ramirez, since you said this was your first venture into the restaurant business, like, did, did you have friends? You said you had a friend that had a restaurant. Uh, were they able to help you out, or did you? was it just like a natural thing? Like, we're going to open this restaurant. I, I'm not sure exactly, maybe the, the business aspect of it, or renting something out, or getting like a, a liquor license. I see you guys have a, a bar here now. Um, or was it something that just kind of fell into it your hands? It was a natural thing. I think it was something that you have in you, mm-hmm. but you know it's there, it's just that you don't have to be afraid to do it. And, uh, because, yeah, I do, I do say that for my friends, but it's not like that, that it was pushing me to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, once I kind of, they uh, saw myself struggling, you know, to, to do the one repair or another, or to set up the bar that used to be, uh, you know. I mean, the bar that we had used to be on the other side, it was a very clear bar that we had. We had no liquor. Uh, I didn't have no, no permit to sell any liquor at all. And, and that was a big, a big drawback also for ourselves. Because promoting a restaurant, you, you manufacture, you don't need the liquor, you know, to make people come for sure and try it out. And uh, like I said, uh, customers that would have to the, the club and, and downtown, they really supported us with liquor or without. I think that, that, that's what made the difference. And then the fact that the friends that we had also around us, when they do find out that we had already applied for a liquor permit with the state, of course, that uh, we get into politics because we also, like, we were lucky enough to to have met uh, the Gagans, you know, Bobby Gagan, Michelle, and eventually those people also apprentices or they might have had in different offices, they might have also give us a big kit in there to make sure that the license was going to be located on this area. On this, on this area. And, and yeah, I mean, uh, I, I, I really, I think we've been blessed with friends like that too over the years. But uh, uh, the decoration, if you go on the other side, and you see most of the decoration that you see even on this side, uh, you'll find out that it, most of it was donated from friends that they knew they had it in the house, but they never, never really uh, had it, you know, in display, and they thought for sure that we would be able to use it. And, and we never turned nothing down. We always kind of like make people feel, oh yeah, it's good enough. Let's let's hang it. <laughs> so that's how we really started out. No, we didn't have the money. But it was struggling. It was struggling. It definitely seems like a family and friends establishment um you have carlos jr here uh when did you start getting involved in in the restaurant business uh, were you just kind of raised kinda, in it well yes yes and no um i kind of try to deny it and fight not to be involved in it early on um he used to work with uh burger king 
I, I did my own thing. They did their, I mean, because it's hard to work with family. You know, um, he has his way, I have my way. We all have our own way of thinking. Um, but to go back on what you said about the challenges, they did have a, a little challenge. Um, they did have a good group of supporters through the AC, but um, the Mexican food wasn't as big as it was now. Like now there's uh, 30 Mexican restaurants or whatever it is. Um, but back then it was just chilies. Taco Bell, and then uh, there was a restaurant up in Lake Milton and Carlos. El Carlos. So, but all those restaurants were nothing like what we offer. Um, so, it was a challenge within that because everybody kind of thought Mexican food is Taco Bell or Chili's or the Tex-Mex and stuff like that. And when they come here expecting that, which we still fight that, that same, kind of like the same problem because of the type of Mexican food is out there now. Our food is just different, just because they do it based on where they grew up in Mexico. <clears throat> and then a lot of the, the stuff, recipes that my mom you know, grew up in within her family, and his family. And, uh, but they did struggle in the beginning because no one knew really what Mexican was. I mean, they just thought it was you know, there's a few restaurants that were around. But um, with me seeing that with them, you know, um, <coughs> over the years, seeing it just from the outside um, I probably started maybe being a little more involved maybe 15 17 years ago um, I'd help out my mom because I mean she always had workers but uh, there were certain days like Friday night Saturday nights where they just needed more help and I'd come in and help them out whatever I mean I really didn't know the kitchen um, like her cooking and stuff like that so I just helped out whatever I could washing dishes or whatever I tried to stay away from washing dishes I never really so, um, but I mean, I, I helped out on the grill or whatever I could as far as cooking. And then, you know, as I got older and stuff, I became a little more interested. Uh, and then, I, like I said, I just saw all the hard work that they were doing um, with my dad doing all the office work and my mom doing all the kitchen and stuff. Uh, I just became a little more, because I, I work in the, in the uh, seating plant for General Motors. So that was my, my main job. And then I come here on my time out whatever it was sometime it was five or six hours a week and then there's days it was you know 20 20 hours a week um, then eventually I end up getting laid off there and at the plant for a year and that's when I got the taste of away from the plant because the plant can suck you in the factory where when I when I saw how much it was how much um, just the compliments that you liked it and the challenges because there's plenty of challenges in, in the restaurant business so I just kind of continued I, I helped them out I, my mom was working a lot she just got to the point where she was too tired so as she started getting tired I started helping out a little more and stuff so um, I mean eventually then I mean eventually I just began to take it over mm-hmm. it's a natural thing natural thing yeah. I guess <laughs> You kind of were talking a little bit about being back in the kitchen, and out of all of the years, 25-ish, that you guys have been around, what has been either your signature dish or the most popular dish that you guys serve here? I would say it's the the enchiladas, the way we prepare them. Mm -hmm. Because uh, for years, uh, we were even uh, like on Cinco de Mayo, which is when the day is so unique for us. 
compared to the rest of the days of the year, uh, on that day, uh, uh, we kind of tracked down ourselves, and it was the, the enchiladas that were always the number one seller, not necessarily with, with the loyal customers that we had over the years, but with all the customers that would come on that day. Mm -hmm. Those are the ones that they would get to be uh, like right now, where we are right now. Um, still the enchiladas, right? So a lot of the new customers that come in here, I mean, a lot of their go-to thing that never fails them is the fajitas. But I, I've uh, worked with waitresses. I mean, they've tried all our food and everything. Um, I would say more, more or less our signature dishes that uh, are either our Romero Special or the Pollo Michoacano. Um, that is because it's a dish that no other restaurant can touch. <coughs> but uh, my dad is right that uh, the enchiladas, for the most part, is pretty popular. Because, I mean, you can get them, they're, they're familiar when people do try it. It's just the way we do it is different. Because a lot of times, all the restaurants, they'll just do the sauce on top. We actually dip our tortillas in the sauce. It's just, it soaks it in, the tortilla. So, it's a little different. Sounds um, good. Yeah. It, it's, <laughs> it, it's, it's, and our enchilada sauce is different. We make, I mean, uh, it, it just the, the way we make the sauce, it, it's a little, it's different from theirs. Yeah. So, uh, it, it's... For any type of new customer, we try to push the point of There is this section right here. You guys have a lot of a lot of stuff to choose the, from. The traditional mm -hmm. dinners. These are the ones more or less that, that we tend to be a little different than the rest of the restaurants. Is this like your family recipes in the traditional dinners? Yeah, for the most the part. Apart from Michoacan, some that they grabbed from where they grew up and mm -hmm. stuff like that. But um, the, Overall, the menu looks big, but a lot of it is kind of repetitive. Mm -hmm. It's just we put a name on it. Like, you know, um, there's three items for some of this stuff we can easily put into the Greek. Now, when, when you go to this section, mm -hmm. the Mexican uh, dinners, here is when they are more or less to the taste of this area. Okay, so but it's a little what, toned down. Exactly. They're okay. toned down, and they're, they're not as Mexican at this section. Right. This section, you really have to have the taste of uh, Mexican cuisine to be able to see the difference right. on the sauces, on the way uh, the meats are prepared or finished, uh, and then the specialties, right? What are the specialties? So your specialties and your traditional dinners are, are going to... from the rest of the restaurants. Gotcha. So a lot of, and especially since you said there's there's more Mexican restaurants that have been popping up because people have kind of been getting a taste for Mexican mm -hmm. food and are kind of appreciating yes. it for what it is, you're going to see a lot of the same things on other menus, but yes. you'd have that special, the special flair in, in those ones in particular. And also, uh, when you go to other restaurants, uh, almost all the enchiladas are made of corn. And we offer the, the two kind of uh, we, corn. We, we initially... The offer the flour, mm -hmm. um, and you all you have a choice on everything here. But uh, ever since the other restaurants have been popping up, I mean, uh, we had to kind of uh, incorporate some of the stuff that they do sell, which is like the white cheese sauce. Now you're not going to find that <laughs> down in, in Mexico or anything mm -hmm. like that. Uh, not like the way they offer it. Um, so we had to incorporate that because just when you hear our own customers saying, "Hey," you have this, do you have this? So we figure out um, what they're talking about, and then obviously uh, 
we can easily buy it like they do from somewhere where they buy it. Mm -hmm. We figure out how to make it. So we make our own like cheese sauce. And then we kind of, we, we try to incorporate a little bit, not everything. Because there's a lot of stuff that, I mean, there's all the Mexican restaurants do that we just won't do because it's too Americanized. Try to keep it authentic? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's... That would be probably say signature to be more authentic no matter what. We're homemade. That's mm -hmm. our main thing is everything is homemade here. Everything, I make everything pretty much daily. Um, sometimes I run out of stuff and I can't keep up. <laughs> and it kind of bums out some of the customers. But it's, it's something I try to do. And I take pride on because that's what my mom, that's how she told me. Mm -hmm. You know, everything homemade. I can very easily go to the same um, wholesale places that they go through buy some of the stuff because obviously it makes my job easier in the back right. but uh, I won't sell anything that I won't eat <laughs> <So>. <laughs> gotta have a gotta have that standard yeah and uh, I always tell even my the sales people that try to pitch it to us mm -hmm. um, their first thing they do is all we these are all the Mexican restaurants that we do and I said well that's right now you just lost me because <laughs> I'm not trying to be like so people come in here and try to sell you mm -hmm. food that's interesting. Oh, the, the bigger wholesale places, oh yeah. yeah. We, ours, we Cisco, just... Uh, GFS. GFS. I mean, we, we use GFS That's for paper products or something mm -hmm. like that. Um, but we go through uh, local places like the Nero Roscoe's and, and stuff like Artillo's. We use, we use uh, local um, vendors, vendors you know, for our stuff. And you're paying a little bit more. But you're putting it back in the community. Uh, yeah. So our profit isn't as huge as like a lot of these other places because they go for what's cheap for them or what's convenient. We kind of do it a little bit. We try to balance it too. It's so hard, but um, we do it because we eat our own food. We enjoy it. So. <laughs> I feel like a lot of places probably don't do that. Well, we've heard some stories. We don't oh. know how true it is, but we've heard some stuff. And, I, mean, I feel like it'd be rough to have this business open for so long and be doing it home the homemade way the you know sometimes we run out of food because we keep it fresh kind of way um and then see other restaurants serving american mexican food um and still try to stay close to your roots and that, that authentic way that you know it but still at the same time run a business yeah i feel like that's that's what a lot of local businesses that try to stay local run into and you kind of mentioned a little bit how you guys combat that but it's still tough when people are knocking at your door. I mean, I, I never knew that these companies would come to you and be like, hey, you want to buy cheese? Yeah, no, they do. <laughs> want to buy some salsa? And they make it very tempting because when they tell you, you know, hey, this is what we offer on the Mexican side, and then they give you the prices, and we're like, oh, my goodness, they're cheap. And then we, they, we ask them where you get this food from. Oh, we get it from the West Coast. I'm like, well, then it has to be frozen coming in here. Yes, but it's for a short time. Or da, 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 da. The quality's still good. And then We'll sometimes try because they'll give us some free free samples, and we're just we can't eat this. It's just not good. Yeah. You know, and that's why, like I said, <coughs> the hard part is trying to be able to use local and still be able to walk away with you know a profit. But um, it, it's it, it's been working. But like I, you have to do it all the work. You know, we don't have I don't have chefs here. You know, doing my work and stuff like that. I'm doing it, and if I can't do it, then my mom's doing it. My mom, and they help me out a lot. My mom and dad help me out when I'm overwhelmed with a lot of stuff. So, 
said, this is kind of difficult, kind of moral thing to see. Yeah, we would like to continue to be like, like the way we have been for 25 years, but what I've seen more over the years also is the fact that, say, 20, 30 years ago, there was more people that were more used to looking for these places that were family type restaurants. So we would be still a little bit more popular, I would say, if there were more Italian restaurants also that were from family kind of, you know, where you used to be. But if you notice, anymore also in the, in the Italian food, there's no more family type restaurants. You see more national chain restaurants, you know, and, and uh, that's what's happening to this uh, food also over the years, the Mexican food. So, I mean, we, we, we are struggling because the people is not in the area anymore that appreciate the, the home cooking. They're more or less to go to a place where it's more fancy, more, you know, with uh, a different atmosphere and all that. So they tend to put like a secondary the taste of the food. It's, it might be the tricks, it might be the atmosphere in general that tends to attract us people anymore. So I have a joke with a lot of my workers and any any new customer because anything that they always say about the other Mexican restaurants, they say, oh, they give us these huge margaritas and they're strong and they taste so good. And I'm like, well, how's the food? Well, I've never really tried their food. And I say, well, the reason why they get you so drunk is so they don't you know, taste their food. So the food will taste better. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I always tease them by that. Yeah. Because, um, that's what they do. They, every margarita that they have, it's like, oh, I got drunk off one. You're not supposed to. That's not how margaritas are supposed to be. Margaritas are supposed to taste good. You're not supposed to just taste nothing but alcohol. So that's, you know, we, we do battle that more or less here too sometimes. But we do get our customers that are used to the way we make our margaritas. And we make our margaritas fresh. You know, we make them right there. Not fresh, but we make them <coughs> as you order. You know, we don't have a pre-made or anything like that. So, um, and that, that, that's another thing that a lot of people, just, just more or less new because we're, say more or less 70 80 percent regulars very rarely we get some new ones a little more now because we did change the front of our building mm -hmm. makes it look more like a, a restaurant rather than it seemed like it looked like more of a house or like a, a business uh, building or whatever yeah. the mural on, on the side is really nice yes and the, the person who's doing that he a great artist is that still in process it's he's still working on it it's still not done and I also want to do another mural next to the patio. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a little bit bigger. Um, so we're, we're still fixing. I want to fix up the side of that building because when you're dealing with that type of brick, mm -hmm. you know, um, it's hard to, to change something like that. Trying to make it inviting. It still looks really, it still looks really nice up there. Um, <clears throat> but that always, any sort of art always adds that. Yeah. that appeal. It's really beautiful. Well, we're trying to stand out because everybody, when they think West Side, they think it's a, a Bad, gloomy side, but it's not that bad. It's not as bad as people. No, it's it's really nice. So hopefully, uh, people will be able to listen to this podcast and come check it out. So for fresh, chance. yeah, for refresh, we got some authentic Mexican food. Can you guys tell me your hours of operation and your location? Well, I get that. It's a little tricky. Okay. Um, Tuesday, uh, Tuesday through Thursday, it's eleven thirty. We open up for lunch. And then we close, uh, at, I believe it's listed at 8, but if we're busy, we'll tend to keep it open. Mm -hmm. So I always tell like a lot of my customers, if you're 
you want to eat late, kind of give us a call and let us and see if we are going to stay open later. Because sometimes, especially in the summertime, we close at 9, mm -hmm. between 8 and 9. Um, and then Friday, we open up at 11, 30, and we close at 10. And then Saturday, we open up at 2, and we close at 10. By the people, for the people. Yep. Just give them a call. All right, thank you guys so much for talking to me. You're welcome.